This episode of the Comedy Zone podcast is presented by the Black and Brown Comedy Get Down, August 15th at Time Warner Cable Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. From the Comedy Zone at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Spencer Taylor. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. We're right back at you for another week of thrilling, exciting, talking, comedy, and everything else in between. I'm your host, Will Jacobs, and I got my other host here. Spencer Taylor. Spencer Taylor. So, uh, But we're very excited because this week we have a special phone interview. I think it's our first time uh, with a phone interview, and I couldn't think of anybody better. Yes. To talk on the phone with, because I, I do it a lot, <laughs> so, <laughs> with Julie Scoggins. Je- comedian Julie Scoggins is on the phone, everybody. So let's welcome Julie. Hey, Julie. How are you? Hey, Will. Hey, Spencer. Hey, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Now where, now, where are you at right now? I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now. Woo! Tulsa, Oklahoma. So <laughs> It's a little bit early. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I bet it is. Well, it's, it's, it's so good to have you. Uh, well, I want to definitely get into you uh, a little bit and your background and everything else, but you just had uh, a great experience uh, recently. A lot of us saw it on television. You were on Last Comic Standing. Um, yep, yep. Uh, after all this time and working at it and finally got my 10 seconds of <laughs> my 10 seconds of publicity on national TV. Wow, well, that's, that's fantastic. Now, as in terms of leading up to that, can you tell us just a little bit about your background in comedy, you know, when you got started and, and where it's gone from there? I got started in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, the Comedy Zone used to be out on Independence Boulevard at Outer Wild Road there in Charlotte. And um, my husband and I were going to the open mic nights on Wednesday nights because you could get in free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were cheap. <laughs> and... Uh, we watched it week after week. They had the regular show, you know, after the open mic part, and so it wasn't like you just went and see that to see that. You know, you got to see the the real show uh, as well. But uh, they were just so bad, you know. And and every week these people would come and they would say the same jokes the same way, and they didn't work last week and they didn't work before that. And it's like I told my husband, I said, you know what? They need to change something. Mm. You know, and he said, well, why don't you do it? And I said, oh, no, I can't do that. Talking <laughs> in front of people. <laughs> so, yeah. so anyway, then it came. We had moved back from overseas. We lived out of the country for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't have jobs yet. You know, we moved back here. We were trying to decide the next step and all. And so my husband started saying, you know, it's time to get back to work. We, we've had a little vacation now. We need to start thinking about what we're going to do career-wise. And I said, well, I don't want to go back to doing what I was doing. I really kind of like to do something new and exciting and have a new chapter, you know, in the book of Julie. So <laughs> I tried to open mic night, and, um, you know, it went pretty darn well. I still have it on video, actually. Do you? Mm-hmm. Huh. I have it on VHS tape. How about that? <laughs> oh, wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> Back when we still had that, right? 
And it, it's really not that painful to watch. I, I went back and looked at it not long ago because I wanted to see if the tape had disintegrated yet. I was going to take it and put it on DVD, you know. <laughs> so, so how, it was all right. I got some laughs the first try. I was pretty addicted. I'll say that. So once you once you hit that stage, it was just a high that you you wanted again and again. I couldn't wait for the uh, Wednesday to roll around each week. I went up every single week for months. I never missed one. Never, ever, ever. Wow. And from I don't understand to... these people that come to open mic nights. I don't see it so much in Charlotte, but in other cities I, I do sometimes. They have an open mic night the first night of the week. And the people will all come to see the open mic, and the, their support, their friends and family will all come to see them try their hand at it. And then they'll leave. You know, they'll, they'll come in and they'll watch the open mic segment and then they'll they'll all kind of trickle out. And it's like, you want to learn anything or not, you need to stick around and watch the people that have been doing it a while. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and talk yeah, to them. I don't understand how they do that. I guess they, well, that's the same guy. Sometimes I see open mic people come in and say, well, this is my manager. You ain't got no manager. That's your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got no manager. <laughs> so, so, so you so you go from there to uh, mm-hmm. nationally touring headliner. You're all over the country and out of the country and everywhere mm-hmm. else. So, how did this uh, experience come about with Last Comic Standing? You got a phone call, or somebody saw some of your stuff, or what? I think somebody saw something online. Here's the thing: I tell new uh, comics too. You know, the the best thing you can do. It doesn't matter how funny you get if nobody knows about it. You know, if only the people that see you in the club are the only people that get that have that experience and become aware of you, mm-hmm. then you're missing out. You got to have a YouTube channel. It's free. There's no reason not to. You can make video with your phone. You know, there's just no reason not to have it. It's just lazy. Mm. You know, mm. and- Google it. If you don't know how to make one, you know, Google it. Figure it out. Make it happen. There's so many people that are so funny out there. And they're not successful because they don't hustle a little bit. Right. And then there's people that hustle that probably aren't the funniest people, but they but hustle. They're, they're yeah, scratching they're and clawing it. and digging, and and people are people know who they are. They they won't be quiet. They won't go away. You know they, and they get the work. They get the bookings. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that and I analogize it almost to like. Uh, McDonald's. I don't know whether or not they have the best cheeseburgers, but they're the best at distribution and marketing and everything else. And it's show That's business. Right. There's a business part to it, and a lot of us focus in on the show part, but don't uh, don't pay as much attention to the business. I've been guilty of that, and I know a lot of other people have. But you you have a background kind of in sales too that kind of helps you a little bit, right? Yeah, I sold for Frito Lay for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you I take was some the of chip those... chick. The chip. They used to call me. <laughs> that product's not very hard to sell, really. It sells itself. <laughs> but you had to be able to negotiate. I tell you what, that I took from from that though was that the the Frito Lay sent me to these classes that taught you about marketing. You know, and it told you you know the mentality of the consumer. And everybody is there's so such an overload. There's such a sensory overload, especially now with social media and everything, mm-hmm. and everybody's clamoring for your attention, and we're a channel changer mentality, and it's just click, 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 and you're done, you know? Yeah. And so you've got to figure out how to get people to click on you and and look and want to be a part of what you're doing. But that's the, that's the amazing... So you- 
No, I was going to say that's yeah. the amazing thing about you is that you went seamlessly from one almost one era to another because you were performing comedy before it was all about social media. Yeah, it was VHS tapes. Yeah, it was VHS tapes <laughs> and stuff. And then you went right into this era and you fit right in with the technology, the Instagram, the Twitter. I mean, you're all over the place with the stuff you do. So it's almost like you went from one era to another and flowed right through it. A lot of people, you know, aren't able to do that as as easily. Well, you know what? It helps to like it. Mm. You know, if you're doing it because somebody says you need to do it and because some online tutorial about how to work social media says you need to do this this many times a day and you need to be this, this, and this, and, and how to produce shareable content. And mm-hmm. there's all these, you know, how-to guides of, of social media. But for me, it's liking it. I love interacting with everybody. I love, and I know all these people that are, like, on my Facebook. They are people, I remember them. When I go back to their city, they come to my show. I remember them. It's legit. You know, it's not like, oh, God, that's some uh, blip on, you know, out in the Twitter sphere, you know, that I don't know who that is. I put a face with that comment and that name, and I remember them. I have people come up to my shows, I swear. When they canceled Last Comic Standing, mm-hmm. the first time, you know, I thought I was on, and then they called me 15 minutes before showtime one night mm-hmm. in the club. I get this phone call, and it's NBC, and they're telling me we pulled, they pulled the plug. Mm. And, I mean, you talk about, you know, you know how it is. Y'all are comics. When yeah. you're getting ready to do a show, you got to get your head right. Yeah. yeah. And for them to drop that bomb... In my head, and it wasn't just me. I know they were going down the list, and everybody, they were on West Coast time, see, so they, it was 5 o'clock their time, but it was 8 o'clock East Coast. And so, you know, that dropped that right in my head, you know, 15 minutes before showtime. So what do you do? You go out and you have your set anyway, but that's like consuming your thoughts, you know. But I'll tell you something. I said that to say this. That night, um, I had some people come to my show that um, have been loyal all the whole time, and this woman came in, had no idea about the last comic standing thing whatsoever, brought me apple strudels that she had baked. Aww, that's so nice. Wow. Came in and brought enough for all the comics. She brought, like, this big old Tupperware thing and just said, oh, I made these for you guys, you know, and so it sort of balanced it all out in a way you know it was like oh my god i was about to cry really i mean my fans are the best people ever it's just not just on the social media it's live and in person you know right wow so you must have had a pretty big following that tuned in to watch you on last comic standing what was the, I guess what, was the, the what was the feedback you got and stuff's been blowing up with it everybody and i know you know for a lot of people don't comment like if a thread is has, if a if a picture or something has 600 likes on it, mm-hmm. a lot of times people are reluctant to chime in because they know now they're going to see everything everybody else says. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's going to be it's going to be constantly ping 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 ping. You know, and yeah, sometimes people don't. Oh yeah. They, you know what I mean? They don't want to be alerted every single time somebody else says something about what they said. You know, or or what they said something about. And so if you like a page, you know, it shows you every comment that everybody posts after that. So 
I, I can't help but think that a lot more people see it than than actually uh, click on it and acknowledge it. That's so, point. yeah, everybody's been super, man. They've been just real supportive and like we thought you should have gotten more time and. You know, those people don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the way it is. That's TV, you know. So so can you take us a little bit through uh, the experience? You get the phone call, and then you go up to New yeah. York to audition? Well, they, I got an email that, um, that NBC, um, the casting producer, sent me this email, and she said, we saw your video. We've seen your video online, which is the YouTube channel thing I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. I think that really lent to that and uh she said we'd like for you to showcase for us well my first thought was who is this really because <laughs> i know my friends man they will yank my chain in a heartbeat Damn. So I Googled, oh yeah oh yeah so i googled up the your name you know and lo and behold there she was on imdb.com with a bio that you had to scroll to see. I mean, she has, this woman's been in all kinds of projects behind the scenes now. She's a casting producer, but she's done all kinds of uh, reality TV and stuff. So she was legit. So I answered her back and I said, yes, I'd love to. And uh, I said, where are you auditioning? You know, and she sent me a list and let me pick where I wanted to go. So I went to Nashville and did a set there. And then they called me back like in three days, you know, and said, we want you to come to New York. That was in uh, September. And so they wanted me to come to New York in November. And they paid for that one. Mm. They flew me to New York, put me up in a hotel. And that was uh, at, at Gotham Comedy Club. And I auditioned. And, and Wanda Sykes was sitting right in front of me, y'all. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. I about died. You're so excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. I just I I'll just worship her to pieces and after meeting her it just solidified that, you know, she's just all that and the bag she ups, you know, she's professional, she's she cares, you know. Um I told her that night of the uh audition, uh from the stage I actually said, Wanda, I just want you to know that I think you're leave the Punani at home bit. I didn't say the real <laughs> word, I said Punani because uh-huh. we just say it, you know, you can't be rude and uh i said i just want you to know i think that bit's the best piece of comedy out there it really is and she said you're in next (laughs) 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 and then then fast forward to la uh four months later and uh, we're standing around backstage you know and she comes over and says hey and all and she goes so you're gonna leave do my and she said pussy, but she goes, you're going to do my leave the pussy at home bit tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so she remembered that I conversation. She, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she remembered that conversation and remembered meeting me and all that. It was very cool. That's a very big, high-profile, busy person, you know, and, and it, it impresses me when people like that pay attention to detail, even though it's not something that might help them later. You know what I mean? They just, they're just, Involved in people, you know. Yeah, I now, love that. Now, now, if you can take us into the room, because I imagine you're back there with all the other people in LA, uh, back there with all the other people that are going to go out and perform in front of this big audience, national television. Uh, the judges are sitting there. Uh, Norm McDonald, Roseanne, Keenan Ivory, Wayne. So the whole deal. What is that yeah. feeling in the room like? Being one of the comics and sitting back there, knowing that you all are really competing for a few spots. I mean, what was that feeling like? Well, they they put us in this green room that was really a soundstage. Mm. 
you know, it, nothing, nothing wasn't recorded. I mean, there were there were microphones in the potted plant. Oh, you know, wow. we, you you on the whole time, and they did these interviews of everybody like backstage, like on your way out, like they would put the camera in your face and say, "Give us your thoughts on what what are you what are you thinking right now, and what's going to happen, and what do you think's going to happen?" And you know, they recorded everything. They got tons of footage so that when they got ready to put the whole thing together, they could have a whole lot of views, you know? Mm. So there was a lot that didn't even make it, you know, but, but they're going to make sure, I swear they were, they had this soundstage fixed up like a green room and pictures on the walls of all these comedians that were deceased. And it was sort of like a, an homage to them. You know, it was like Joan Rivers and George Carlin and Richard Pryor and Bill Hicks and all these legends, you know, and every now and then you look up where a picture used to be and it'd be gone and there'd be a camera sticking through the hole, Whoa. you know? <laughs> Woo! They're watching. I know. They were, they were pointing stuff at you every second and they had food and stuff in there, you know, like little hors d'oeuvres and stuff, but everybody was so nervous. They're just picking at it, you know? <laughs> it was, it was nerve wracking. Wow. And then you go, you go from back there out on to the stage. How was the performance? How did it feel? What was it like to be on that stage doing your thing? Well, they didn't, they didn't let anybody, they didn't let us hear each other. Okay. Oh wow. And do you know why they that kept, was? What? Do you know why that was? I don't know. It might have been just streamlining the experience. It, I, I think that that was probably easier than having a spot where we could all. I don't think they wanted anybody influenced by what anybody else said. That makes sense. Um, because the auditions were that way. I mean, the Nashville audition was not. It was just an open room in the club, and they sold tickets, and it was just a regular, you know, Tuesday night or whatever, Monday night. But uh, when we went to New York, they, they did that. They made everyone stay out, and they brought us in one at a time in front of you know, to do our auditions. And I think that kept anybody from being influenced by anyone else's material and subject matter. You know, you just did what you did, you know, and I kind of like that. But the guy who went out in front of me that night in L.A. on the show was a really, everybody was super funny, right? Mm -hmm. Because, or they wouldn't have been there. But mm -hmm. this dude, I heard him, I, he was the only one whose feedback I heard. And I heard Norm MacDonald, I was in the wings, I couldn't see, but I heard Norm MacDonald say, how long have you been doing this? And the guy said, five years. And he goes, well, you need to go do it for five more and come back. You shouldn't even be here. Woo! Oh, wow. That's what he told the dude. And I was floored. I was like, no, we auditioned, there were 2,000 people, and we're the hundred that made it this far. Yeah. And he shouldn't say that to anybody on this stage tonight. I can tell you that. Well, not only were you floored, you were next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's another case of dropping the bomb in your head, you know, minutes before. It mm. really matters. Your mental, you know, state before you go out for a set is, is crucial. So, yeah. But I thought I did great. I, I had applause breaks after every joke, and um, the crowd loved it. And uh, I'm just disappointed that they didn't post the whole set, but I got on national television, so I'm happy with that. So hopefully it'll open some doors anyway. Now, now that, and that's good. Now, now, 
is that something that you would do again or are you you know you had that experience and you're good just from that i don't know it was pretty nerve-wracking i'll be honest i um because last night i was in the club here in tulsa and it just was such a different animal you know Mm. these these club shows and theater shows where people come to see me you know it's just you feel this this i don't know this camaraderie this connection this spark with the crowd and it's it's a cool unique experience and and it's it's comfortable and it's home you know and it's it's creative and conducive to just saying whatever pops into your head and out there it was like you have to submit your set two months in advance and then you can't deviate from what you've said you're going to say because the standards and practices has reviewed your potential material and blah, blah. You know, it was just very rigid and very structured and you had to sign this big contract, you know, that um, one of the things they said in the contract was that I agreed not to sue NBC if I contracted an SPD. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm like, now wait a minute. For that to be in there, well, you're an attorney, right? <laughs> That's why. You know, for that to be in there, somebody it happened. <laughs> That's a little side note for anybody listening. If there's a rule about it, that happened at some point. Something somebody has already stuck their wiener somewhere it didn't belong. <laughs> Damn it, NBC! <laughs> and tried to sue NBC. <laughs> That's that's amazing. And you're you're originally from uh Tennessee, right? No, Charlotte. That's okay, Charlotte. So yep. do you ever do you ever sit back and go, Wow, just little old me from Charlotte and here I am these years later on national television, big stage. Does that ever wash over you? Do you ever look at it like that? Like, wow. Well, I think it just did. No, <laughs> I hadn't before. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. But that's that's you that's just a lot. made me think of it that way, but yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's. I tell you cool. something. But when I drove a truck, I used to drive a truck. You know, I drove a tractor trailer for a while, and I've had a lot of weird jobs and stuff. And I've always sort of felt like those things were fun, and they paid my bills, and I had a good time, and everything. But I kept feeling like that's really not why I'm here. You know, that's not my talent, my God-given gift. That, that I'm supposed to be maximizing, you know, was not holding the steering wheel. And, and even though now that still goes with this job. But <laughs> but when I did open mic nights and, and got those laughs the first time and everything, that was the first real epiphany, the real feeling of, oh, I get it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I like that this because a it. lot of people think that if you're a comedian you're trying to make it big so to speak trying to be on television want to be seen as many by as many people like but you have your specific group you have very loyal fans and they react very well to you and that that's your comfort zone is what you're saying you 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 enjoy that that's what i want yeah i want to be able and you know from this world and you know with all the stuff that's on tv now and the news every other day is some devastating thing going on and it's not that you know my husband and I have this conversation about how bad the world's getting and all that and it's easy to get depressed and and let it get in your head and um you know and he said well you know 
every generation since the beginning of time has felt like that the time they grew up in was better than the one now. Yeah. Every generation has felt that way. From the beginning of documented history, they've all felt that way. And you know what? We've made it anyway. And so that I try to remind myself of that. You know, you just know what we we know what we know. We know what our childhood was like and what the world was like, you know, when we were innocent. But now people need comedy more than they've ever. And I think we're really performing a valuable service mentally, mental health wise to people. And and even if it's just in if it's in the clubs, if it's you know, make somebody laugh in person. You know, just be a positive influence and and do good because something needs to counteract all the shit that's going on, and that's us. And I, I think part of the beautiful part about it is some of the, the reciprocity in that because at the same time that we're providing that for the crowd, they provide that for us. You know, whatever we're right, going yeah. through in our lives when we hit that stage, that moment where we're up there and exchanging energy with the crowd and on that high, like I think people underestimate how much that does for the comic as well. Well, they don't know that mostly. That's kind of a back behind the scenes thing that we share yeah. that we know. But um, I'll tell you one night, I, this really made a uh, profound effect, had a profound effect on me. When I was starting out, I was probably maybe two years into it. I was still an opening act, and um, I went up to Goldsboro, North Carolina, and I was in this little hotel bar, like a Best Western, and the crowd was small, and they were not very well-mannered, and, you know, it was just a typical one-nighter where, you know, anyway, the, there was this group of people that came up after the show, and I felt like it went okay, but I wasn't the headliner. You know, I was opening act. I felt like it went okay. But these people came up to me after the show, and this woman was like in her 60s, I think, and she just came up and she says, she put her hand on my arm and she said, I just want you to know that three months ago, my 15-year-old son committed suicide. My goodness. And this is the first time I've been out. And you just helped me so much and just made this night so much fun. And it just gave me chill bumps. I, I still get goosebumps when I think of that. Mm. You know, and so it, it's like when you look into the audience and you see somebody sitting there that maybe is in another place mentally and they're not focused on you and they're not making eye contact and their arms may be folded and they may be sending the wrong body language message to the comic. You know, I see guys that are amateurs sometimes and they want to <clears throat> lash out at him and go like, what's the matter? You're not getting this. Do you not speak English? Mm-hmm. And I remember about that woman. And I think, you know, you don't, you don't know where they've been today or this week or this month and what path they're on <clears throat> and what struggles they're having. And you need to just be funny and, and do your job and, mm-hmm. and try to connect with as many people as you can. And don't, don't worry about stuff like that. Right. Right. And don't, yeah, and don't jump on anybody. You know, I saw a guy, a ragged dude one night. There was a guy sitting in front of the stage with sunglasses on in the dark, you know, at night. Mm-hmm. And the comic just railed on him. You know, well, you think you're so cool. You got these sunglasses. Oh, but the dude was boy. blind. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, Uh-oh. you know, 
<laughs> Why wouldn't you assume think. that? <laughs> what on earth? Think first, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yep. so, so so now, so you've had that experience, and you you had the last comic experience. You've been all over the place. Uh, where are you off to next after Tulsa? Where are you where are you headed? Actually, I'm home for a week, and I'm gonna be um, I'm gonna take a little time off, and then um, <clears throat> next uh, Saturday, August the first. I'll be in Burlington, uh, North Carolina. I'm doing a benefit up there. And then August the 2nd, I'll be there at the Comedy Zone with Nick Lewis. Oh. And we're going to do a benefit for his star <laughs> program for the uh, underprivileged kids. I, oh, wow. I can't wait to do that. I love Nick Lewis. And he's just a, a real giving back kind of dude, too. So. Well, that's that's I, great. I'm, I'm excited. No, yeah. I mean that's 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 fantastic, and I I appreciate you taking the time out and congratulations, congratulations yes, on congratulations. that. Congratulations. Yeah, that's woo. Well, that's thank big. y'all for for uh, doing this. This is great. I want to be part of that because it's my hometown, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we happy to and have you. And everyone loves you, Julie. Yeah. Anytime you want to come on and and uh, come sit with us, yeah, we, come we, you person. are welcome. Come hang out. I am too. I will when I'm in town. When I'm off one week, I will. You can I park your you can park your bike I in here. You, got a good thing. <laughs> you can bring your bike in here and sit it in the studio. Well, we'll roll it right in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I been well, done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we 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 appreciate it, Julie, and uh, travel safe, and we'll see you down the line. Thank you, Julie. All right, I love you guys. Thank you. Love, love you back. You. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we'll be back. Comedy Hit of the Summer, the Comedy Get Down World Tour with Cedric the Entertainer, Dale Hughley, Eddie Griffin, George Lopez, and Charlie Murphy. One hilarious night of comedy with the funniest comedians in the country. Get ready to laugh like you've never laughed before with Cedric the Entertainer, Eddie Griffin, Dale Hughley, George Lopez, and Charlie Murphy. Saturday, August 15th, 8 p.m. in the Time Warner Cable Arena. Get tickets at Ticketmaster, the Comedy Get Down World Tour. It's the best comedy show, period. Hey guys, it's Brian. Here's what's coming up at the Comedy Zone over the next couple weeks. This weekend, July 24th and 25th, Don D.C. Curry in town. Two shows, Friday and Saturday night. On Tuesday, July 28th, Comedy Zone favorite Johnny Millwater celebrates 20 years of obscurity with a performance on our stage. Wednesday, July 29th, the almost famous comedy show, The Funniest Stars of Tomorrow, making me laugh today. And next weekend, July 30th through August 1st, from the TBS show Sullivan and Son, it's Steve Byrne. For a calendar of all the shows coming to the Comedy Zone and to buy tickets, Go right to the Comedy Zone website at cltcomedyzone.com. To keep up, follow the club on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Zone CLT and find us on Facebook. Welcome back, Comedy Zone Podcast. <laughs> we in the building coming in to Meek Mill and Drake. Keeping it, keeping it current for all the all the youngsters out there, right? That's what we doing here. But that's a perfect transition into Mr. Don D.C. Curry. How you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. What's happening? <laughs> we good. We good. So happy to have you here, man. We got, we got ro- comedy here. royalty in the pot, on the podcast <laughs> this morning. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I'm glad to be here, man. Well, so you in Charlotte uh, until uh, through the weekend. How You been having a good time so far? Always in Charlotte, man. I was here last night, two tonight, two tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I enjoy Charlotte, man. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. 
Yeah, and, pe- and the people love you. I, I remember uh, a couple years ago you were here and you were doing a pilot. And you had yeah. a number of comedians come up on stage and perform yeah. uh, while you were sitting in the audience. It was like Last Comic Standing and you yeah. was out there and, yeah. you know, it was a whole <laughs> lot of pressure. But uh, people, and then you went up and did your thing, man, and it's just. You just yeah, just brief. Down. But, I, I, yeah, I, w- I was putting together a pilot and uh, I just did not like how it turned out. I enjoyed all mm-hmm. the comics and everything, but I was trying to do a semi-documentary type about uh, comics coming up through the ranks. Oh, wow. And uh, I don't think my editor uh, and I were on the same page. Oh, no. And the product that he came up with uh, just did not fit my vision. So I, I had to go back to the drawing board. I still have retained that footage, though. Oh, yeah, that was that was it didn't a, come out like I thought. Yeah, that was that was a fun night, though, man. I remember uh, when I performed, after I got off stage, I met you, and you said, uh, that was clever, brother. Clever, <laughs> clever. And I went home and told my wife that. She can't tell me nothing. I said, look, you can say what you want. But Don D.C. Curry said I was clever, so you can call me stupid if you want to. But he said that last night. So, so that was big for me personally, man. Yeah, so tell you why don't be a hater, man. <laughs> oh, and uh, Julie Scoggins. We just got off the Julie phone. Julie She said to tell you hello. I love Julie Scoggins, man. She is unapologetically <laughs> hilarious. That's what she said y'all roll bikes. Y'all y'all ride bikes. Y'all yeah, roll bikes. She rides ride. a Harley, man. <laughs> she rides a Harley, man. Yeah, and I ride bike motorcycles, Harley Davidson's. Yeah, man. Wow, man. So you originally from Texas, right? No. From Texas? No. Where you get that from? I got what? that off the internet, man. Yeah, the internet said you were from no. Texas. The internet also said I got five kids. That's a lie. No, so, well, let me scratch <laughs> off half of what I'm married. Know. That's a lie. Damn, all right. I think, and uh, on the internet, I think a lot they get me mixed up with the boxer, Donald Curry. Really? Yeah. Huh. So now, when you? he was when he was a middleweight champion of the world, I used to take advantage of that. I got a lot of free meals. <laughs> hey, a lot that of free meals. You. <laughs> Are you Donald Curry? Yes, I am. <laughs> but no, they, a lot of stuff on there is, is just not true. All right, where no, are you from I, then? I, I grew up in Chicago. Chicago. Ah, Chicago. Yeah. We got to fire our researchers. Later yeah. On, later on, moved to Atlanta. And now I have a place in uh, Los Angeles and, and a farm in, in Georgia. Uh-huh. You like the farm? I like the farm. Yeah, man. that's that's. I heard you got I'm animals, Dr. I'm vegetables. I'm Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got animals, vegetables. Yeah, it's a farm. It's not a profitable farm, <laughs> but it is a farm. Now, are you able to? Do you have people stealing from it or anything? Or are you able to keep it pretty secure? Oh yeah, animals coming in. I have a lot of people stealing. My relatives mostly. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of thieves, you know. And I give I get most of my stuff away. Like I got chickens, man. They lay eggs. I take them. I get them to the old ladies at church. Oh, oh. that's nice. And you know, I just found out all the years I've been giving them old ladies all them eggs for like pound cake. I thought it took like a dozen eggs to make a cake. Yeah. I give them a dozen eggs. You know, they give me one little piece of little cheap cake. <laughs> and I found out that they don't take like a couple of eggs to make a. Old ladies, man, been just ripping me off, man, for years, man. <laughs> oh, but you could tell with eggs, though. Like, I go to the farmer's market sometimes and get yeah. my eggs. You could tell the difference. Oh, it's, yeah, night, it's night and day, man. Yeah. Night and day. They say the average egg that you buy from, like, the grocery store is 120, 130 days old. Oh, man. Imagine that. Verse one, it just dropped out the chickens behind an <laughs> 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 hour ago. <laughs> Yeah, that's very that. fresh, very high protein, and very rich. Make it taste rich. Yeah, that's that's way better. So, what is it about? Did you grow up farming? Did your family do that? Or how My did grandparents you get it? were farmers, man. And uh, I grew up in Chicago, but they were in Georgia. And when I got in trouble in Chicago, they sent me to the farm. That was supposed to be punishment. I had time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
My granddaddy raised white-faced cattle and hogs, man. Mm. But he had a lot of vacant property, and that's where I raised my marijuana. <laughs> 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 my grandmama had the clearest eyes of all her friends. <laughs> yeah, smoke this, mama. Clear up your cataracts. <laughs> Now you, because I want I want the people to hear a little bit about your path through comedy. You got started in your late twenties, is that right? That's correct. And you you were going to open mics. And, I've been uh, going to open mics, man. I, I really like the open mics. You know, I like to see people starting, and uh, I wasn't a heckler. <laughs> oh gosh! But I like it. It amazed me the nerve that people would have, and, and uh, I was always amused at people that were not funny that thought they were funny. That was intriguing to me. Man. <laughs> and I was in a comedy club one night, and they ran out of comics. You know, what they call open mic night, mm-hmm. open mic night, and anybody can go up. They ran out of participants, and the guy asked, "Did anybody want to go up?" And I went up, and, and uh, that was thirty-three years ago. And oh, ain't, wow. ain't got back off since. Yeah. <laughs> I became one of those that thought he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so then, how did you how did you transition? Because you you did so much stand up, and then you ended up on television with uh, hosting yeah, the TV. View and how did you get into that? The television. So they they came and got me. I never really <laughs> sought to him. be an actor. You know, I'm not under some delusion. The illusion that I'm some great actor or anything. They they have come and got me for the shows. I was on Grace Under Fire every day for a little over a year. You know, next Friday, Friday, I've done six or seven movies. Uh, Roseanne, Steve Hart. But they, they've come and, and got me. I'm a stand-up comic, man. Mm. I'm a stand-up comic, and the rest is just gravy. You know, I, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy acting, but uh, I'm I'm no Oscar uh, potential E. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, you get you get into the into into the mode though, because one thing I remember a lot about your comedy was you would go on these rants. I call it, <laughs> oh, yeah. where you get on a topic, and I don't care whether you talk about health insurance, whether you talk about the OJ trial, soul food. I remember a lot of them. I and get you emotional, would just go, and people be crying, and you won't let up. You bam, 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 bam. I, and I remember you. I, this is my favorite line you ever had when you talked about the OJ trial, yeah. and you said OJ couldn't have did that. Hell, the OJ's could. <laughs> that made all them mistakes. That's a classic. Yeah, I get a little emotional, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I talk about things that I'm passionate about, man. Yeah, yeah. So man. I get emotional. I get excited, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 great, man. And then so you and and then you got into movies. They came and got you for those too. Yeah. yeah. What what is Cute. was that? It, what's that like versus TV movies? Which one did you versus prefer? TV? Yeah, the big difference between movies and TV is in TV. It's like the difference. The difference between TV and movie is like the difference between doing a club, mm-hmm. which I'm doing now, doing a concert. The club is a more intimate setting. Yeah, and your subtle uh, expressions, your subtle thing, all of that, the people can see. In a concert, you get to be big, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I prefer intimate setting really for. Comedy in television, you have to be big. Yeah, your expressions are bigger and everything. In the movie, your eyeball is twenty feet tall, so you subtle expressions in movies, and that that's the main difference. But the difference between acting and stand up is in stand up, you know, I'm the writer, I'm the producer, yeah, I'm the you. actor, it's all me. Whereas in acting, I may or may not agree with. <laughs> I have right. to say, you know. Well, but when you're doing comedy, it's like that's 
the tension I always see a lot of times with comedians that do acting on TV and everything else, you got these executives that come in. And they try to tell you what's funny and what's not funny. Yeah. And it's like, hold on, I'm the, I know what's funny. <laughs> that's, that's like when I used to do the boondocks. Mm. And uh, all the white people in there would be telling me how to say <laughs> the N word. I'd be like, really? <laughs> I got this. <laughs> <laughs> they would tell me, no, that's not that DC. Say it like this. I'm like, really? <laughs> you tell me how to say the N word? <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but you know, it's all in fun. I did Black Jesus, and they, you know, they gave me some lines. I said, I can't say that. I I pushed the envelope, but I'm just, I can't say that. Now I ain't going to hell over this show. <laughs> Hopefully, the Lord got a sense of humor. So, who who was some of your early influences with comedy? Uh, getting started, Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he just waits. Silence, right? Yeah, he waits. <laughs> It's different now, man. Oh, I know how to. I know how to silence the room. (laughs) Bill Cosby, Dick Gregory, Richard Pryor, man, all of those guys, you know, they would, they were trailblazers, man. Among other things. (laughs) 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 I'm not talking about the negative stuff they did, but on the positive tip, they were trailblazers. Red Fox, they were hilarious, but they were. Thought provoking. Very much yeah. so. They spoke about social issues. They talked about social issues, which I'm not hung up on that. I, I you know, I mean, that's what I do, but yeah. I, I appreciate some comics that have nothing to say about nothing. But I just don't see how you can have the vehicle to speak on the issues that matter and just uh, ignore them. I, I don't see how you can do that. And, and what I deem to be mature, effective comedy is thought provocative and and that that takes some work it, it is more work it, it, to take something serious and something that people are going through and make it funny exactly. yeah relatable yeah exactly. so exactly. so so then do you feel like it's comics responsibility to do that every comic or is it no. just you find your own lane and no that's just what I, that's just that's just what i do you know mm-hmm. uh i thought jimmy walker was funny mm. You know, straight clown. You know, <laughs> I you know I think uh, Gallagher's funny, <laughs> <laughs> busting watermelon, or whatever. You know, because it's all kind of thought provoking things with that. But mm-hmm. I think he was funny. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Drew Carey. I mean, I like a lot. I like a variety of people. But I I really liked uh, uh, that died. Uh, not Sam. Uh, oh, this guy had the beard. He died. My he was an atheist, which I ain't agree with nothing he said, but he made me laugh. George Carlin. Oh, George Carlin. Oh, yeah, George Carlin. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of George Carlin. He was an atheist, at least. You know, I don't know. The last minute he may have changed the heart. <laughs> that happens sometimes. <laughs> I'd rather believe and be wrong than not and be wrong. <laughs> Hedging your bets. <laughs> right, I ain't no clown. <laughs> but I liked him, and it just showed you the power of comedy, man. I ain't agree with nothing he had to say. He was an atheist. But he made me laugh, man. Yeah. George Collin was hilarious. He made me laugh. He made me think, even though I'm no atheist, but he made me think, man. Right, right. And that seems to be, for the shows I've been to that you've been in, your audience is smart. The things that they pick up on, you, you, they came out to laugh, but they also, you can tell that it's thought-provoking stuff that they responded to. Yeah. I, I, I would say that my quote-unquote fans expect me to deliver my take on whatever. Like, my my real fans, they know that tonight (laughs) 
I'm going to talk about Bill Cosby, (laughs) Trump, 50 cent on a dollar. (laughs) I mean, they just they just know that I'm I'm going there. Yeah, that's and that's I mean, we in we in times now, man, where it's so much racially charged stuff on television. Man, they writing that. It's it's all there. Real life is literally right now. I hope you think you looking at one man that's gonna vote for Trump because if he becomes president, <laughs> I got at least eight more years <laughs> in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so then, what's what's next? You've done so much in your career. What keeps you motivated to keep keep at it, keep doing it after all these years and all the success? Well, after this long, 30-something years, I don't know. There's nothing else I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Done it all. <laughs> I'm a victim of my own so-called success. Yeah. Now, what else could I do? <laughs> uh, what else could I do? Imagine me doing something else. What could I do? I'm trying to think. Right. It's very slim, man. Yeah. But you enjoy what you do, so it doesn't matter, right? I'm having a bowl. That's awesome. I'm having a bowl. And you're dude. impeccably dressed. Wearing an awesome shirt right now. Oh, yeah, thank you. Awesome. Did you see I, that I shirt? Bought this That's at, sharp. I bought this at Goodwill for seven dollars. That is awesome. Which one? I, but I, got another, I got another six dollars in it. It cost me six dollars to have it clean. That's thirteen dollars. That does not look like a thirteen dollar shirt. Oh good. <laughs> it's probably this million dollar body that you're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I take off my shirt, you'd be like, "Man, put the uh, get get some more six dollars shirt." <laughs> <laughs> I give you six dollars. Here you go. <laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, we 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 could talk to you all day, but we we getting the rap on, so we got to we got to roll Aww, out. Oh man, it's a pleasure. Man. It's a pleasure yeah. meeting you, talking with you. How's your career doing, man? man? It's going well, man. It's going featuring, uh, flying all over the place, trying to make this thing happen, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. Good, man. Do your thing. Man, I'm yes. happy for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, that's all the time we have left on the Comedy Zone podcast for this segment. And then we're going to come back. <laughs> I'm still gonna... learning this radio yeah, thing. We're, we're still feeling I'll be it bugging out. up all the time. <laughs> I'm like your wife. You ain't rap too tight. No, I ain't rap too tight. You got I guess I ain't clever as I thought I was. So. <laughs> but uh, thank, thank y'all so much for stopping in. Oh, Twitter, and, uh, Twitter, Twitter. and Twitter. Twitter. Let's talk about DC's Twitter. Yeah, follow him at Don DC Curry on Twitter. And then at uh, dc.curry.18, right on Instagram. And if you want to page it, what's your beeper number if they want to page you? Yeah, your social security Uh, uh. number real quick. (laughs) Everybody's a comedian, you know. (laughs) All right, we'll be back. You can follow DC Curry on Twitter at Don DC Curry. That's the best way to keep up with his shows and dates. Will Jacobs will be performing with Johnny Millwater on Tuesday, July 28th at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, celebrating Johnny Millwater's 20th anniversary in stand-up. And will, of course, host LOL Thursdays at the Comedy Zone in Fort Mill on, you know, Thursdays. Keep up with us at the Comedy Zone Podcast by following us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Will Jacobs is at I am Will Jacobs. Spencer Taylor is at Spencer Taylor. And if you want it, I'm at NCBalto72. Remember to check out the show on iTunes and Stitcher. On iTunes, make sure you subscribe and rate us and leave a review. That's the best way to help the show continue to grow. And while you're at it, you should go ahead and tell two friends about us. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Boo.
You don't remember that? <laughs> no, I don't. Welcome back, Connor. You remember that show? I have no show? idea what that is. You remember that, Bri, right? Welcome yeah. back, Connor. That's how I'm old. That's what that I, is. I remember when it was first run on TV, uh, on ABC. Yeah, yeah I have I a lot have of no those idea. moments where I realize how old I am. <laughs> I was looking at something the other day, and do you remember when, look, this would be a test to see how old the audience is, when the HBO logo used to start up in the stars and then come through a city, and it'd be, do 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 yeah, it was kind of metallic and shiny. Yeah, you don't remember none of that, do you? No. See, that's that scene. I remember HBO was so starved for programming at that time, they did a 30-minute show on how that logo was built. Oh, like man. How, because it was literally, it was a big metal logo. They did a 30-minute, like, here's how we made our logo. They were, they were they starved had nothing for to talk programming. About. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole whole different world now. But uh, that was a fun interview. Uh, oh, that Don's was so much DC fun. DC Curry, what a, I mean, he's a he's, great dude. His energy, we were saying, is like infectious. Yeah. Like, we we, we left pumped. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he left and we're like, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Damn excited. right. <laughs> we ready to go for a cause and we don't yeah, even we, yeah, just we're find gonna, something yeah, for us to go do. Something's going down. He got that kind of energy. And then, and then oh, look at this. That, once <laughs> every, a show, just to let you know, we could get canceled. And, um, yeah, every, every, just walks in. Once an episode, the owner of the comedy zone, Mr. Brian Heffron, leans his head in and gives you that look like, don't fuck it up. And then yeah. he goes right back You're out expendable. the door. Yes, we, <laughs> we are very this. much expendable. Yes. So, But that was a great interview. And um, that was, it was a lot of fun. But I want to talk about something else that was fun. Uh, this past week. <laughs> nice segue. I, 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 <laughs> I got this radio thing down. Pat, baby. No. This past week, uh, Spencer and I got to participate. I was the host, and Spencer uh, actually closed it out. You were the last person to go up there. I did close it out. Yeah, we had a funny on the fly, Yeah, which is kind of a novel concept, at least in this area, where the comedians that participate get the topics that they're going to talk about like and, a half hour. Yeah, half hour before the show. And so there's seven topics. You have no idea what they're going to be. Yes. A lot of them, some of them are weirdly specific, and some of them are kind of vague, and you just have to write a five minute set based on what you're given which is crazy because comedy is hard enough when you know what the hell you yeah so to be able to take but you excel and i'll say it because i know you won't you excel in (laughs) that format uh something about the way your brain works you can take those things and just put gold up there i mean that was well thank you yeah yeah that was uh very admirable uh the way the way you do those things Uh Yeah. This makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. That's why I keep doing it. And the way you look, just the confidence and the way you breathe when you're up there is very calm and you're in control of the situation. You're like a puppeteer for 200 audience members. Uh, you control all the emotions. The energy runs through you. You're just trying to make me more and more uncomfortable. Yeah, I want to see how red I can get your face. <laughs> but no, it was it was fun. Everybody had fun yeah, that participated. That's a really fun format. And it's it kind of makes you have to think in a different way. Yeah, there's people don't know this, but you do the jokes that we do just over and over and over again. And you might get writer's block at some point. You just can't think because when it when there's no guidelines whatsoever, it's just you. It's just what do you want to talk about? Mm -hmm. And since I mostly write jokes instead of like talk about my life, you're more of a storyteller. You kind of talk about your life. um, And I'm more of a short joke writer. That format really works for me because I have guidelines. So it's not just Mm. random. Uh, Since I don't really talk about my life, I just have to pick and choose what I'm writing about and when it's when there's guidelines I get this panicked feeling mm-hmm. and it makes me write better so I really like the format a lot yeah and the, and the people people loved you really from top to bottom the comics this past week yeah uh, that this past week was one of the best shows I think the first time people were still kind of feeling it out um mm-hmm. and 
a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just go up there and dish, like just see what I can talk about. And then they get up there and they realize they don't really have anything to say <laughs> when it comes to things your cat says, you know, like they get real nervous. Right. So it was it was interesting seeing from like the first show to the third. Do you remember one of the topics that you got? Like what kind of topics? Oh, I remember lots of the topics. Well, like what was that? Like what are a couple of the things they didn't gave you that you had to go up and do comedy on? Um, this last this last time that I had world's worst panhandlers. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so that was fun. Uh, and then uh, the the time before that, things that your dog would say if it could talk. And I liked that because I. Can you tell us what? Because uh, I remember it. Please tell the audience what you got up there and said. I said I, I did this. a lot of jokes for that one. Which one? For the two? one about the style. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I said yeah. um, that my dog likes to watch me have sex, and he's like, "Look at them doing it me style." <laughs> See, I love that shit, and the audience loved it too, man. Yeah. That was, I mean, that's just bam, bam, bam. So that was that was fun. So where are you? What are you off to next? What do you got going on next? Um, I'm doing a show in greenville south carolina is my next like show and i think that's in a couple weeks i'm real, I'm real bad right i oh. think it's in a couple weeks it's somewhere at some point um but i don't know the next the next show here I, I think i might be performing here on tuesday okay. um if i can get out of work on time for uh one of debbie millwater's shows oh yeah yeah so. debbie has a lot of cool stuff yeah uh, going on here so that's good then. you need to what you need to do mm -hmm. um next time as a host you should yeah. get topics should I get topics? Yeah, because you you, you use your you use your material and it's funny and it warms us up. But I yeah. think it'd be even more entertaining it, it to be. me to only, watch you struggle <laughs> with some new topics. Well, the only time I really get to do that is uh, between comics. Yeah, I'll take something. Yeah, I and heard. you're very good at that. And but to yeah, so maybe maybe we'll throw some topics at me and see. Yeah, what just comes like out three. You could do like some of your normal set <laughs> and then like three new. And I, I want to pick them. Oh. <laughs> I want to pick his topic. I'm gonna pick them. <laughs> We've been trying to talk Will into, uh, since uh, pretty much the first show, I've been trying to talk Will into doing it. And, oh, yeah, come on. He's always, there's always some, yeah, I got a hamstring or an earache or something. Yeah, oh, my ear hurts. <laughs> <laughs> my green shakes, they make me shit. <laughs> you know I'm a comedy mercenary, so if the price ain't right, we got to have a long <laughs> conversation about how much I love it artistically. <laughs> I'm an artist, but uh, damn. <laughs> I got to. Hey, hey, hey. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> ain't pay the rent that way <laughs> that's for those that are confused by what just happened at that moment i got a new favorite phrase i forget what we were talking about earlier but brian in the middle of it goes can't pay the rent that way <laughs> and now no matter what that's we talk yeah. about whether we talk about jared from subway yeah, it works with everything right some hollywood breakup whatever it is yeah. my final line is well can't pay the rent that way <laughs> uh, it's a little long for a hashtag though that's my only Thing. We I gotta feel get like that can't go viral. Yeah, maybe you could viral. take the first letters or something like okay, what? C T P T R T W. Yeah, is that how? What is it again? C P T R T W. Can't pay the rent that way. That is that. Yeah. So that's so that's the new thing now. Whatever people say to me, even at the law office when my clients come in, yeah, this happened. There, can't pay the rent that way. You know. They'd leave. They'd leave. <laughs> They'd yeah. be like, nah. <laughs> yeah, they, they do that a lot anyway, so it's it's all right. But that was fun. Uh, that was a fun week. Yeah, we got to talk to two different comics today. We don't usually do that, so that was pretty awesome. Yeah, we did, we, did, we had our first phone 
interview. Yeah. We, yeah, we broke our phone, Cherry, right on the air. Yeah. With Miss Julie Scoggins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, I was going to mention a uh, local favorite, uh, uh, Dusty Slay, uh, will sure. probably be featured on Last Come Extending next week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you want to tune in NBC, 9 o'clock, I believe, on Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock we, Eastern we, time. Charlotte, we cranking them out, man. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that the nation gets an opportunity to see some of the talent coming out of this city yeah. because uh, there's a lot. And it's it's good that that is being showcased uh, that way. We're taking over. We taking over, Charlotte. Hey, you know, you know, Brian. I, I listen. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I just he doesn't sound like he knows it all. <laughs> I just like to make Brian say things on the spot. You know what I'm saying, Brian? <laughs> I, that is a, uh, yeah. Yes, that is certainly street part of my hypothesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't pay the rent that you way. You can't pay the rent that way. So anyway, uh, that was fun. Uh, we're going to get out of here, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Bye. The Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Hepburn, Lisa Barr, and Brian Baltashevitz. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 